Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. And this is a reading of God's Word. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Let me read that one more time for us. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Church, would you bow your heads with me in prayer before we begin? God, I thank you for your loving presence, Lord. God, as many of our hearts are uh, in despair, God, many of us are uh, feeling, some of us are feeling lost amid all that's going around us, God. God, we turn to you. God, we gather our hearts. God, we look to your holy word, God, so that we may uh, gain proper perspective, God, so that we may have the right bearing as we are entering into a season of many uncertainties, God. So, God, I pray as we meet, Lord, even in this unique opportunity, God, I pray that you would allow all of us to feel your loving presence, Lord. And, God, speak to us both individually as corporately, Lord. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On March 11, the World, Organ, uh, World, uh, World Health Organization, the WHO, declared the coronavirus outbreak a pandemic. It was just the fourth time in the last 20 years that the entire world was put on notice and put on pause. And just two days after that, this past Friday, the U.S. government declared a national state of emergency over the corona, coronavirus Outbreak. Seeing how rapidly the virus is spreading and the unfamiliar nature of the disease had led some of us into a state of great anxiety and tentativeness. And we can safely say that all of us are in a crisis. You know, I never knew this before, but the very word crisis has a very interesting and a very unique etymology. And the word Crisis had been used since the early 15th century. Uh, it's a Latinized word originally derived from the a Greek language, which is uh, uh, the, the word crisis, and it is defined in such way. And this is quite interesting. Decisive point in the progress of a disease. Or, vitally important or decisive state of things. Point at which change must come. And lastly, this way. Turning point in a disease that change which indicates recovery or death. And right now, I think all of us may agree... Though we are feeling the impact of this differently, I think it's safely for us to say that we're literally 
in a crisis. We're in a moment where we're having to figure out what to do. We're in a moment and season where with the spread of this unknown disease, we're having to figure out on the go. And we're desperately trying to see what our bearings should be. Not only our country, but the entire world is placed at a critical junction where we are overwhelmed and inundated with the reality of, some of us, life and death. Health and sickness await us. Not only the disease itself, now this has impacted our lives in more practical ways as well. Some of our workplaces, our work lives are impacted. As of this past Friday or this coming Monday tomorrow, our kids' schools the way we shop, the way we interact with one another, the way we spend time, where and how. All of our lives have suddenly been impacted with a crisis that is now going on throughout the entire world. As you know, I'm not a health official, and I'm not a scientist, thank God. Um, I'm also not a politician or a sociologist who can educate us on the facts, data, and further ramifications of the coronavirus. I cannot. What I'm here to do is, however, so that I can, what I can do is to provide a clear bearing for those who have faith in God. Those who are in the state of discerning what we are to do in a state of crisis. I believe that there is a plan. There is something that the Word of God suggests to us. In a season and a moment of crisis, we're interested mostly in hearing what God is wanting us to do. And this is some of the things that I've just noticed. And so today we want to reserve our time together as you're tuning in via live streaming. And we want to figure out what God is leading us to do in moment of crisis. And before we do that, this is what, we, this is what I have noticed that people do in a moment of crisis. In crisis, I have seen people respond such way. First observation that I've made is this. When crap hits the fan, we crap ourselves. Uh, um, it's, uh, no one is here to laugh at my joke. Um, I'm not sure if that would have made a, different, a difference. But apparently our greatest fear in this uh, crazy time of crisis, our greatest fear is running out of toilet paper. Of all the necess- uh, necessary goods in our lives, uh, people, we have found that people are most interested, or we have prioritized restocking uh, the supply of toilet paper. Second, parents are panicking everywhere, all over the world, including my family. Parents are panicking at the thought of being stuck at home with our children for weeks at a time, for three weeks, and potentially that we would have no places to go to. And some of the parents, I know this, it's just day one or day two of of self-quarantining, we have all exhausted all 20 activities that we thought may be helpful for the remainder of our extended spring break. Uh, I mean, with uh, light-hearted remarks aside, uh, these are more serious, these are more real observations that I've had 
that I've made in people in time of crisis. First, we are very vulnerable beings. And I was reminded of the frailty of human bodies and how easily we can succumb to something new. And not just physically, but also emotionally as well. As we have no clue, as we, are, as we find ourselves so insignificant of, this, uh, of these things going around in our lives, I realize that we are very vulnerable beings. We're constantly chasing the news. We're getting information on the go. We're having to figure out as we are listening and as hearing more and more information that's being provided for us. Second, we are not very good with change. You know, this past week, everything is changing so rapidly. Uh, uh, not even day-to-day basis, but I feel like things are changing hour to hour and minute to minute. And everything seems so fluid. There are different news, there are different updates that are, that are ramping up our, our communication resources. And there were varying reactions from one extreme to another. And change seems to hit us more greatly than we would like to admit. Second. Uh, third. I realize that the fear of the unknown grips us very hard. Leading us, for some, uh, to a state of panic and great anxiety. Not knowing what tomorrow holds. Not knowing how things will pan out in the near future or even further down the road. Many of us are hit with the fear and even anxiety as we're facing. I'm not assessing here. I'm not criticizing here. I'm simply making observations here. In some of these, I know that I'm just as susceptible. And if I'm not very careful, that it's so easy for me to be swept under, swept away by the current winds that are uh, 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 affecting many of us right now, right here. So So what I want to explore with all of you today is how are we to respond when facing a crisis? What can we do? How are we to live as people of the faith, as God's people? How are we, as we are being put on the path of many uncertainties? I'm most interested in hearing what God has to convey to us. And this is my first point. First, look to God. Look to God. You know, the past uh, almost three years now... Uh, the staff and myself, we have been in the book of Psalms and doing our weekly devotions, going through every verse of every psalm written in the book of Psalms. And it's just been a tremendous time where we are drawing incredible source of faith, strength, and God's direction in what is preciously written in the book of Psalms. And every time we come across reading these psalms, we're just fascinated how often we come across a passage where a psalmist, a writer of the psalms, is in a dire situation. Be it suffering, physical suffering, be it abuse, be it in a moment of war, physical endangerment, a famine, a life full of uncertainties. 
Much to do what is a man or a woman to do in a crisis. And we find that, we, and we find such profound encouragement in, in those that have gone through the unknown, those facing different crises in their lives. Their first initial reaction when they're in a, in a place of crisis is that they're turning their attention to God. We find many people, many men and women of faith, their first reaction is they look to God. And that is the first thing that I want to encourage all of us here in the church. As we are facing a crisis, as we are facing something of the unknown, let us first look to God. Turn our attention to God. If you read through the book of Second Chronicles, in chapter 20, we, we read of King Jehoshaphat, a king of, uh, of the na- a kingdom called Judah, and he's facing a crisis, a major crisis. He is finding that the neighboring nations are attacking his country of Judah. And these enemies are coming from all different directions. And through the grapevines, grapevines he, he finds out that these nations, his enemies, not only are attacking them, but they're in union, they're united together for, for the purpose of toppling the kingdom of Judah. And King Jehoshaphat is facing a crisis. And the scriptures tell us that at that moment, King Jehoshaphat was greatly afraid. Greatly afraid. Better translator of that, uh, of that word is, he was greatly alarmed. He was greatly concerned. He was overwhelmed. You know what the king did in the moment of crisis when he was facing the unknown, when he was greatly alarmed? The very first thing we know in verse 3 and 4, we know that he prayed to God. Scriptures tell us that he sought the Lord and he commanded and encouraged and he charged the entire nation that they do the same. He encouraged them to seek the Lord. And this is the final portion of King Jehoshaphat's prayer and the charge to the nation of Judah. And it is found in verse 12 here. Oh, our God, we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. God, we do not know what to do. God, we do not know what the proper measures of actions are going forward. We do not know even how we ought to feel in the moment of great anxiety and panic and this great crisis. But his declaration is that, but God, amidst our uncertainties, Amidst even great fears and anxiety, God, we place our vision, God, we look, we turn our attention solely on to you. So Rooftop Church, we do not know what we are facing. We do not know where our answers will lie. And let me make this point as well. Perhaps I can extend this point beyond this virus that is hitting different parts of the world. But this is made true in all circumstances in our lives, through the entirety of the course of our lives, through the unknown, 
through great moments and fear and even attacks, may our first response, may our priority is that God, we will fix our eyes upon you. We will hold our, uh, we will fix our gaze upon the one who loves us, the one who cares for one, uh, cares for us, the one who has graciously saved us. That is the first point. Second, be selfless. Let us be selfless in this moment of crisis. Let us be selfless. And let us prioritize others. You know, church, this past week was really, really difficult for me. Uh, just a pressure to navigate the church through a great uh, unknown uh, crisis. Uh, and and by, by the way, before I say more, I'm so thankful for the prayers and the love of this church. And I want to say thank you from different parts of wherever you are. I know that you are in constant prayer for our church. And I'm also so thankful for the wonderful board members of this church who have spared their precious time where we met online on a very short notice. We prayed, we paused, and we, we sought God in a way that how we are to navigate through this season as a whole church. You know, it was a difficult decision for us to suspend our in-person Sunday services. You know, th this is some of, if I may uh, kind of invite you into my thought processes, um, I was really torn. I, I felt like immediately, I felt like I couldn't help but to think, God, is this a test of our faith? God, is, is, is now an opportunity? God, and God, I, I want to demonstrate to the world that, God, we are beyond the circumstances that are going on. God, is this a time now we have to display the, the, display the strength of our faith? Is this now the time that we are not to be reactive? And I was really torn in person. It's like, God, what is the right thing for us to do? And, and I felt like, uh, possibly earlier in the week, I, I really felt like, man, for, for going... A meeting in person, I feel like, man, what, what if that was a weak move? What if this is a test of our faith? What if we're being, uh, being a poor witness to the world, which they may be looking to us for answers and directions and guidance? I was wrestling all week. But there was a turning point which... Allow me to be a lot more lucid in assessing the situation and even making a decision and proposing a possible uh, different scenarios to the board so that we can come to a sound decision. And that turning point was that I realized that I was actually this, this, this cancellation of service, resorting to uh, internet and online uh, platforms. I realized that it was actually an act of care. For what the entire country is going through. What the healthcare system is battling. For our neighbors and for those that are placed in vulnerable states. For the elderly. For the unhealthy. For the weak. For the marginalized. You know, I have parents that are in their mid-70s. So... Uh, the way they are processing this pandemic is, is different than how or my family members or how even some of you guys are processing this. 
And I live with one that is 76 years of age. The fear and the reality for her is a lot different than it is for any member of our family. So same goes for anyone those uh, that are out there. Maybe we don't have a cure for this. We don't even have enough testing available. But what we can do is to slow the process of this virus spreading and affecting greater number of the population. When that option became available, and, and I realized that, man, that kind of simplified things for me. I'm not, I'm not saying... I'm not saying, like, I'm not claiming that, oh, this is the absolute... I mean, again, we are in a season of uncertainty, at least for this moment, that I feel more and more comforted knowing that as we are prioritizing, for once, we're not making it about ourselves. We're thinking about others that may be in vulnerable situations. If we can somehow participate and being a solution so that later down the road that more people can have greater peace and confidence and assurance of living their lives going forward. And perhaps some of you guys have wrestled within in the same way that I had. So I want to remind you that in a moment of crisis, remember that this is an act of care, not fear. And I want to add on to that. In moments, in, in times of crisis, can we be more, can we be even more gracious? Can we be even more loving? Let's be even more kind to those that are around us. Let's be even more generous with those that are around us. And challenging ourselves with a question, what does it mean to be Christian? Let us be selfless. I uh, came across an article that there was a guy in Tennessee uh, who is currently left with 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizers. That's right, you heard me right. 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizers not having a place to sell because Amazon eBay or online platforms have banned any kind of sellers making profits of necess uh, necessary items in the moment in the season of crisis. So the story goes out like this. On March 1st, when the U.S. was confirmed of the first death due to coronavirus, this man out, he drove through two different states, hit up every major stores, supermarkets, even convenience stores, 99 cent stores. He spent more than twenty to $30,000 stockpiling all of these hand sanitizers and um, I think uh, pandemic kits. I, actually, I, I forget that. I think I'm going to stick with just um, hand sanitizers here. And now we're in a state of panic. Now we're in a state of needing those precious supplies. Can we, church, can we, in a moment, in a season where we are uh, uh, facing the unknown together, let us not be selfish and let us not hoard, 
for those that are going out and, and, and clearing. By the way, I'm not against, you know, you know do what you have to do. But uh, I think we have to be very mindful of not going beyond the necessary measures. What if in a moment like this, that we can be a better witness to our neighbors, that we can be a better witness to those around us, in a way that we can love the world, is by demonstrating to the world that we are more selfless. It's in these times, I know that, that we are called to build a longer table, not a higher wall. Just the practical measures. Um, um, this does not precede the guidelines of social distancing and precautionary measures. But I'm saying, in the way we care for others, I know that perhaps God is challenging, challenging us to look beyond ourselves and begin caring for those around us. Let's dare to love. Let's dare to share. Let's dare to sacrifice. Let's dare to share our hope and faith that keeps us grounded in the midst of a storm. Pray for opportunities to share your faith. Pray for opportunities where you can even pray for those uh, uh, people uh, of the, uh, outside the community of faith. Third and last point. Be practical as well as prayerful. You know, praying in crisis is the most practical thing you can do. Uh, we do not, again, we may not have the means, we may not have the immediate answers to what's going on, but you can pray no matter where you are, you can pray however long it is that you are able to pray. So in those times, let us surrender to God through our prayers. Make petitions. You know, more than anything, we need God to give us greater wisdom, courage, as we collectively navigate through such crisis. So pray. Now, but let us also be practical as well. I encourage all of you church members to listen to the news and let us adhere what the government is telling us that we should do. That means if we ever come to a point where we're restricted to be outside our homes, if we are being uh, directed more heavily than we ever have encountered in the course of our lives, let us be open. Let us be mindful. And one of the practical ways is that whatever that we are told as the governing authorities, in this case, if we can add on to uh, containing the spread of this disease, we should certainly uh, adhere to that. Be prayerful, but also be practical. This means that you should be very mindful of sanitizing yourself as well. Wash your hands. Be clean. Amen? I do not know where we are headed. Again, I'm not an expert. And I don't think there's anyone out there that has an accurate view of how things will pan out in the near future as well as the uh, even long-term future. We are in, a, we are in a, a season of crisis. But at least for me, and perhaps you too, 
as people of God, as people of the faith, I know that God is telling us that we are not to live our lives in fear or panic. But God is telling us to be strong. God is telling us to be courageous. God is reminding us, even in the season of the unknown, He he assures us that He is with us. And He tells us that He will not fail us or forsake us in every moment, at every turn of our lives. So church, my beloved brothers and sisters of Rooftop Church, I encourage you to look to God. And as we do so, I know that our hearts will be filled with love and hope and even greater courage in navigating through the season of this unknown. Church, would you bow your heads with me in prayer at this time? God, thank you for the reminder during this difficult season. And God, in a season where we don't even know exactly what is taking place. But God, I'm so thankful that you remind us right now that we can turn to you. We thank you that we can look to you, God. Look to the one that who holds the universe. Look to the one who loves us. Look to the one who cares for us. And God, we surrender all of our hearts, God. For some of us, those are fears. For some of us, it's great anxiety. And God, we surrender to you. And God, I pray that you would encounter us. God, during this season, God, as we're seeking answers, during this season where we are adapting to different changes, God, God, I pray that we may feel the intimate leading of your presence. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. God, we welcome you to to walk with us, God. I thank you, Lord, and God be with us, Lord, as we spend the remainder of the service portion. God, in our homes, wherever we may be, God, speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.